1: .com
0: Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass where moxie meets mindful. I'm your host Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist, and on today's episode I'm discussing burnout, compartmentalization, compassion fatigue, and denial. sensitive people feel the unrest, the hurt, the dissatisfaction with life that's going on in the world at large and in our smaller worlds, our work families and our home families. I'm shocked to be shocked because we've been in quite the information age for decades, and yet here we are in 2020 processing more information on super serious topics, amounts of information and misinformation, coming at us like bucketfuls of water raining down the word overwhelm is starting to feel like an inadequate word like it doesn't have enough oomph to encapsulate the experience of this year so i thought it would be a good time to talk about burnout compassion fatigue compartmentalization and denial so burnout we all know the word what exactly is it here's the definition The reduction of a fuel or substance to nothing through use or combustion. I really like physically defining burnout to explain how it feels emotionally. I mean, who hasn't felt as a highly sensitive person like our fuel gets reduced to nothing? It really gets it. Another definition of burnout, the failure of an electrical device or component through overheating we are a tribe of overthinkers. If our brain is our computer system, we are overheating and frying out our brains. Overthinking is a super component to burnout. And the last little definition I have for you is physical and mental collapse. There's just something about the word collapse that really gives the quality of what burnout is, that we can't possibly just continue to go on and on because it's different than being tired and getting a good night's sleep and then waking up with more energy the next day. It is about completely burning out, feeling reduced to nothingness and mental and physical collapse. As therapists, we're taught about this before we ever even start working with people. But knowing about it and dealing with it Are not exactly the same thing to deal with burnout. We have to put effort into preventing it And that's different than just knowing about it and knowing it exists compassion fatigue Is similar to burnout, but also different Compassion fatigue can come over us more quickly In a moment with another human being and we can Rest and restore more quickly after compassion fatigue than we can after burnout Compassion fatigue is defined as emotional residue of exposure of working with those suffering from the consequences of traumatic events. Well, if you're online and if you watch any news at all or speak with anyone in the current climate of things, there's a lot of emotional residue and exposure to pick up. And because of technology, human beings are more able to witness more trauma day in and day out than ever before. So our compassion fatigue levels are up. If you're a highly sensitive person and you look out at the world and you've been finding yourself wondering, where is the softness? Where is the compassion? Where is the grace? Where is the just letting people be messy human beings? We're all having a sort of compassion fatigue for ourselves and maybe for each other. Energy vampires leave wakes of compassion fatigue behind them. And this might make sense that we are prone to have compassion fatigue if we're highly sensitive, if we're empaths. But why would a survivor have compassion fatigue? Well, because psychologically, we say that we give away what we most want or need in the world. So if I've been abused one of the lenses that I can look at that through is that whoever abused me definitely did not have compassion for me. They had compassion for me, they wouldn't abuse. So survivors, if I make an overgeneralization, wind up walking through the world, often very cluelessly giving away loads and loads and loads of compassion to other people because they didn't receive enough. So if you find yourself as a survivor or as an empath giving compassion away, but struggle to hold enough compassion to also offer yourself compassion, this is going to be a problem. If we struggle with self-compassion, our compassion fatigue will be stronger and come upon us more quickly because we aren't filling up our own compassion well with self-compassion. So if you're feeling compassion fatigue, be more compassionate with yourself and this will help you let go of the fatigue part of the compassion. Compartmentalization. Now, the thing to understand about compartmentalization is that it's not denial. Denial is defined as the action of declaring something to be untrue. The example given is she shook her head in denial Now, this is absolutely accurate to define denial as the action of declaring something to be untrue. But psychologically, this gives us a sort of false security about what denial is. Psychologically, denial is not necessarily actionable or conscious or willful in an intentional type way. It's easy for us to think about denial. Most of us first learned about denial in considering some kind of alcoholic or alcoholism, whether that was on TV, in a movie, or in our families, or with ourselves, and we know denial as the first stage of admitting that you're an alcoholic is getting outside of denial. That also lends us all to have this skewed understanding of denial as very conscious, a decision. Like, I know I have an alcohol problem, but I'm going to be in denial of it. I'm going to drink 12 beers this Saturday, and I'm going to pretend like that's okay because I'm working in the yard, and I like sports. You know, that would be a willful sort of conscious denial. I make the argument that most denial is not so conscious. And maybe we are denying our denial, and it's just snowballing on ourselves, But denial is often just ignorance of knowing. So when we compartmentalize, we're not denying. We're not putting something on a back burner or putting something on a back shelf and trying to pretend like it's not there. Compartmentalization is almost the opposite of that. It's actually, I know that I'm going to deal with this. I know that I have to deal with this. I know that this isn't going anywhere but i also know i can't fully solve this or attend to this right now or today so because i want to get to this important thing later and because i have to live my day-to-day life and need to do laundry and need to feed myself and need to answer emails what's best for me is not to hold this really important issue or the struggle that i'm having or the world is having is I can't carry it around constantly. So compartmentalization is how we start to intentionally and maybe visually put issues to the side so that we can live and so that our subconscious can process instead of our overthinking conscious mind. And then we can take it back out of that back shelf or that back burner and look at it again when we've got a break from it, when we've rested.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History.
0: Practicing compartmentalization is a really healthy part of being a person. Now, sometimes we don't want to do this because we have been the victim of someone putting something to the side, putting us to the back burner, us or our issue, and that doesn't feel very good to feel dismissed. A big piece of healthiness when we're compartmentalizing is the agreement. And the commitment to come back to it later. So if anyone has manipulated this concept with you or if you've done it yourself with other people, putting something on the back burner, saying you will come back to it later, intending to come back to it later, but just letting it fall to the wayside, maybe that starts as a healthy compartmentalization and transitions into a denial. But in true healthy compartmentalization, there's always a willingness to take it back out later the same way that we go to sleep each night to rest so that we can wake up hopefully refreshed, restored so we can tackle the day. We can do this issue to issue in our lives. Put it aside, put it in that mental closet of mine. Shut the door on it so that I can do all the other things and then take it out and really honor whatever that issue needs from me. As we get closer to the end of this year, political things are going to kick up. It's going to be a very important time, especially with how 2020 has gone so far, to be able to healthily compartmentalize the things that we just cannot get to today. And we also can compartmentalize to take care of our emotionality, our feelings. It's not just about what am I going to do in terms of a problem. We get to compartmentalize to be able to put our feelings to the side, too. This is a really important muscle for highly sensitive people and survivors and empaths. This is how we prioritize ourselves and don't just drown in whatever the world throws at us. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you figure out maybe some areas where you have been burnt out before or are burnt out now. Maybe this will stand as a reminder to shore against burnout, to give yourself some permission to compartmentalize, to take breaks, to prioritize yourself and your wellness. Maybe this episode will read as a permission. Sometimes we can be scared to put things to the side, to compartmentalize them. Because if I compartmentalize something important and somebody walks up and sees that this very important topic is on my back burner, Ooh, other people might not like that. The people pleaser in us may also resist compartmentalizing when the rest of the world seems flooded. As always, it comes down to our own personal responsibility about being able to tap into what we need intuitively to take care of ourselves. So if you need some compartmentalization, I hope this episode helps you find some. I want to plug working with me in October in the boundaries course In that course, I show you my process for finding the boundaries that we need in any given situation. I break down the complexities of boundary setting and the feelings that block us from being able to create, set, and keep the boundaries we need to live more fully, to be less drained, to have more healthy compassion for ourselves and others, and keep energy vampires out. To be able to compartmentalize is an Emotional boundary that I set with myself from myself to myself That's a very important thing for my inner child because my inner child was taught to hold way too much And to feel way too much pressure in the world when I was way too young Didn't have the skills or the capacity to handle those things so that primed me and many of you listening to believe That I'm supposed to move through the world that way. Holding so much of my own stuff, the world's stuff, and everybody else's stuff. If I really care, that's what I'll do. A lot of us pick up that dysfunctional message from our childhoods. It's easy to believe that boundaries work is about wagging your finger at somebody else and saying what your line is. That's not what my course is about. Even though it is about that. Because at first, we must be able to, A, let go of the finger wagging at ourselves or anybody else. And B, we start our boundaries work by feeling out what we need in our own heads, in our own bodies, in our own hearts. And we build the muscles of boundaries, personally and internally. And then we expand from there to be able to do boundaries with other real-life people in our world, So if you are interested in that, I want to give you a coupon code. The coupon code is EARLYBIRD2020. If you pay in full, you'll get $100 off the full price. If you need a payment plan, we are even offering up to a 12-month payment plan to keep the price of the course at $37.50 monthly. So if you're interested in learning more about boundaries with me, jump onto that course. You can read more about it at emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. I want to thank those of you who spend the time, the energy, and the effort to get on iTunes and write us a five-star review. That is a major way that helps other people find emotional badass and learn that they are also highly sensitive people. I want to thank Wianu. Thank you so much for thanking me and writing your review. I appreciate you so much. I want to thank Kim Smith, 7860. She's sharing some of the episodes with her daughter who's having some anxiety and depression. Thank you. I'm sending you all light and love. I want to thank Soy with a bunch of whys. Ah, You just reached 18 months of sobriety and you said the podcast has helped you. Oh, that makes me so happy. Congratulations. Keep on going. I want to thank Bone Mama. She says the podcast is life changing and that you've had people disrespect your boundaries your entire life and the show is helping you respect your empathy and your personality and set boundaries and it's changing your life. Thank you. I'm so excited for you. I know the a power of starting to do that work. Congratulations. I want to thank the person that wrote the review. His name is unknown and this is ridiculous. But that your family would keep things from you because they didn't want to deal with your emotions. And you thought you were alone and a freak. And you always thought your emotions made you weak. And now you know that they make you stronger. I'm glad you're starting to feel calm. And that you're learning new ways of taking care of yourself by listening to the show. I want to send out a huge empathic hug to all of you. We can't do the show without you, without you sharing it, without you participating in our Patreon and our live streams. Thank you for helping other people find this show and find some peace, some connection, and to feel unalone in their superpowers of sensitivity. We're going to get through 2020, everybody. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.